You're listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 314. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Hey, 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 you amazing human, and welcome back to another brilliant episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Today, we dive deep into a topic that's as intriguing as it is inspiring, love and business, how a healthy partnership fuels business growth. You see, in the world of entrepreneurship and leadership, success often goes hand in hand with dedication, resilience, and a relentless pursuit of goals. But, but... But what about the role of love and personal relationships in this journey? Can a strong, loving partnership truly impact your business success? Well, today we're about to find out. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Christine, joining us all the way from the good old US of A, someone who's not only a seasoned entrepreneur, but also a passionate advocate for the idea that love and business can coexist harmoniously. She brings a remarkable wealth of experience and insights into how a thriving partnership can fuel business growth, enhance decision-making, and foster resilience in the face of challenges. So if you've ever been in a relationship slash partnership before, if you're currently in one, I strongly suggest you buckle up and get ready for another awesome episode. Let's get in. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you so much, Angela. Wonderful to be here. Can we just say, yay, we made it. Finally, it has finally happened as you and I both stand very much in divine timing that everything is happening for us at exactly the right time. I'm just so glad that you're here today. We've been talking about having you in the podcast now since March when we hung out over in Napa Valley together at a mastermind we were in. But then I got unwell. You had some launches that were going on, but we made it today. And I'm just thrilled that you're here because you're going to be chatting with me on the topic of love and business and how a healthy relationship, aka partnership, fuels business growth. But before we hop on, I always like to ask my guests a fun question so that the audience gets to know you a bit better. So my fun question to you is, I know you love Bali just as much as I do. And at time of recording, I'm just a few days out from heading over to run my four-day retreat. So my question to you is, what do you love about Bali? Mm, it's such a fun question. So such a, such a joy to be here with you. Uh, goodness, it really is the spirit of the people. It's just the love that shines through. I feel like it's a template for what's possible when we really lead with kindness. And they're, the way that they live 
with an awareness of our interconnection to one another and to the earth and just to all things. And they lead with such gratitude. And one of the things that touches me so much in Bali is that they make offerings to like the lower spirits. You can see the streets are lined with these offerings. Yes. So then rather than like casting them away or judging them or trying to repel them, they're like, here's an offering of love to the very thing that they might otherwise fear. And I was like, that just sums up so much of why I love Bali. You're exactly right. And I just feel the warmth and welcoming that they, they'll do anything for anyone. I know I was really sick in Bali at the beginning of January. And this random guy, Wyan, that I met in the line in December the, at the airport. So bizarre how everything comes together, right? Met this random guy when we were going in December. Our flight got canceled. He had no money. I gave him some money. He's a driver. He then drove my family around. It was crazy how it all comes together. Flew back in January. Was really, really sick. And and he's connected with people in the hospitals. And he was like, let me connect you. Let me do this. What can I bring to your hotel? But I said, what can I do to give back? He's like, no, please let me just help you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they will do, they don't have a lot of, not all, but a large portion of the country does not have a lot of money, but they will literally do anything for you. They are some of the kindest, gentlest souls you will ever meet in in the world. And there's just something about them. I was saying before we hit record that when you land in Bali, everything just melts away. There's this warmth, there's this energy there, and it's just magical. So I'm glad that we share that connection with Bali because it truly is an amazing country. Now, the listeners out there today might not know who you are because they might be, who is this Christine person? We've never heard about her. She's from America. We're in Australia. Most of my people are in Australia, but not everywhere. So in a nutshell, can you tell the listeners, what do you get up to in business? How do you help other amazing humans? Sure. Well, and so many blessings on your Bali retreat. Thank you. Uh, My husband, Brett, and I, we run, it's called the Center for Thriving Relationships. And so we love supporting couples in every stage of their journey to learn the things that we just typically aren't taught anywhere. When you ask people like, who do you know who has a thriving relationship? A lot of people find it hard to have examples and most people didn't learn it anywhere growing up. And so really teaching people the scientifically proven, both like the heart and soul and the science and research behind like, what does it take to have a great relationship where we can be on the same page and communicate effectively and repair from conflict and um, create a kind of love that grows deeper and stronger through the years. So we are passionate about that. We've been doing that for well over 10 years now. We've been together over 20 years. And so we do. Congratulations. Thank you so, so much. We, you know, like, like so many of us in business, right? We had our sparkly beginning and then our challenging moment where we almost separated and then dove in and, and learned what we did. And that's what right, we devoted our lives to really helping other couples. Uh, and so we do coaching and counseling and online courses. And then now we love supporting others who want to be relationship coaches. So we have a thriving relationship coach certification training. That's a six month kind of immersive experience. Oh my goodness. How good is this? Because relationships are everywhere. That's the thing. Partnerships are everywhere. And I don't care if it's boy, boy, girl, girl. I don't care whatever you are out there. We all have some sort of relationship at some stage in our life, but our pasts at some times, do you know what I mean? Influences how we show up in a relationship, how that how we communicate in a relationship. And so centers like yours, I think there needs to be more of them around the world because relationships are key for growth personally, in business, in life, with your kids, et cetera. So I'm so glad that you're here today. We're, like I said, we're talking about love and business. So my first question that I want to ask you is, I feel this topic though, partnerships in business, for example, 
gets under talked about. I feel we talk about funnels, we talk about sales, we talk about visibility strategy, we talk about plans. Now, I say that's mainstream per se businesses. I have always incorporated relationships, health, wealth, and business strategy in because I think it's important. But let's take that aside. Why do you think the importance of having a healthy relationship with your partner is often overlooked in society? What is some of the research showing? Mm, It's such a good question. And I think it's a, a few things. You know, there's a piece of it that we wait until there's, you know, a lot of pain, which is similar to business and people mm-hmm. that are, you know, your clients and, and their clients. And so we don't oftentimes get calls here at the Center for Thriving Relationships from people that are like, you know, things are going okay, but we really want it to be better. It's usually, you know, we've just had that argument for the hundredth time and we're ready for a breakthrough. Or my partner just said they want a separation. Or I just discovered that my partner has been keeping something from me for years. So it's usually those moments of great pain. And so I think a part of it is is just human nature that uh, we wait until we have the big wake-up call. And I think a lot of people in their relationships that they're they're kind of coasting. And that's the that's the dangerous place is when we're just sort of coasting, we're maybe more like roommates, we're co-parents, we're stuck in these patterns. But when we talk to our friends, they're stuck in those patterns too. So I think, you know, it it hasn't gotten um, you know, challenging enough for people mm. to really take action. And in that, we just have set the bar really low. It's like so many things in life that when the people around us, so this happens in business with our health, you know, it's like, well, I look over there and at least we're not as bad as them over there so yeah. you know, as it gets. Uh, and so much more is possible and available. I mean, most couples are only experiencing a teeny tiny fraction of what they're really capable of being together. And so I think we just... I mean, this is kind of the tragedy of relationships is that most people would say it's, you know, either the most important part of their life or certainly like in the top three, if you were to ask them, like, what's most important to you? And yet it's the area of life that when we feel like, I mean, there's something beautiful that happens when we have a level of commitment with another person, right? It's like, oh, we can kind of relax. Mm. And in that, when we no longer fear losing them, uh, the more we just like, stop doing the thoughtful things. We give them our worst rather than before we were giving them our best. And so uh, there's there's a part of relationship that it's like so important to be awake each and every day of like the privilege and honor it is to get to choose and be chosen by this other person rather than the danger of just assuming like, well, no matter how I treat them, no matter how we show up for each other, we're always going to be there, which there's a gift of security and trust and ease in that. And there's also you know, an easy trap that we can fall into that we really take each other for granted. We put each other last. We give the world our best and each other our last and our worst until over time, of course, things really start to deteriorate because a relationship is absolutely, it is a living thing. So it's always either growing or dying. It doesn't just stay the same. So if we're not nurturing our love, chances are, you know, we're starting to grow apart in some ways. So I'm going to be devil's advocate. People are like, it sounds so good. It sounds so luscious. It sounds so easy, (laughs) right? But you've been working on it for a very long time, right? With you and your partner. But my question here is, is that like, in my, I'm going to go in my experience. In my experience, when I was unaware of my trauma that I was carrying from childhood and adulthood and, do you know what I mean, et cetera, early adulthood and then, do you know what I mean, where I am? 
I know for a fact that I self-sabotaged so much in my first relationship with my husband, 100%. And it wasn't until I started to look within about why was I being triggered by what they were doing? Where was that coming from? What was the rationale? All of that, et cetera. That now in my new relationship with Grant, as soon as we're triggered, either person's, tri- well, first of all, we know what triggers are, right? And, and then triggers obviously come from some sort of trauma typically. And we're able to communicate and we nip it in the butt really quickly. But I feel society's not talked about. That's that those things like I've had a, you know, I work with Scott, a mutual mentor of ours, for example. And so when I worked with him, I did hypnotherapy. But if I wouldn't have done hypnotherapy, I wouldn't have known about that. If I wouldn't have done some of working with my healer, I wouldn't have known triggers and trauma. So I'm curious for those people out there, like what's kind of like the basic 101 of trauma that they need to understand and how this influences their relationships. Because I think if we don't understand that, we can talk about other things and give them a Band-Aid cover-up, but we're not getting to the root of it. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about how much trauma from our past influences our relationships. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, doing doing the work to create a healthy, conscious, thriving relationship is no small thing. So I want to just affirm that entirely. And I love the paradigm of a healing relationship, and it's really based on the notion that it's in our earliest relationships that we tend to experience our greatest wounding or our trauma. Uh, And so it's therefore in our romantic relationships that all of that gets stirred up. It's really why I fell in love with the context of relationships is because there is no place for anything to hide. Any of our trauma, any of our wounds, any of our pain, any of our fears, any of our unconscious patterns, whatever it might be, it all comes to the surface. And if we aren't resourced, if we don't have tools, if we don't have frameworks, then it all comes to the surface and it can be re-traumatizing, right? Or we can be in relationship with a partner that is like poking at our raw spots. So those places where, you know, we had a deep need maybe for love or connection or attachment growing up. And now our partner is doing the very same thing. And so now it feels extra painful Mm -hmm. Uh, or we can enter into a healing relationship, which is what you're saying, like with your partner, where we, we know the most tender, vulnerable, raw places inside of one another. Mm -hmm. And we are both doing our own inner healing work so that we're not reacting disproportionately or projecting our past onto our partner. And our partner is also showing up and really going above and beyond in those areas to be a source of healing, to show up in the ways that we've been longing for, you know, for all these years that we longed for when we were, you know, four or 10 or whatever age it might be to be that for one another in a partnership in a way that is healthy and conscious while we're also doing the inner work. It's truly extraordinary. Mm. Uh, So yes, relationships, it's so important that we understand that because what happens a lot of times in partnership is that we misinterpret what our partner um, says and does. And so they're triggered and then we get triggered by their triggered and we're just going back and forth really in our heads, projecting things onto each other. Whereas we use the expression of like wonder and look under because Mm -hmm. maybe our partner, for example, is like yelling at us, but underneath it, they're just terrified and they feel unloved or they're afraid you're going to leave or that they're in it all alone. Like there are so many more tender, vulnerable things underneath the surface that are so often connected to our past. And I think safety is a big one. If you don't feel safe with your partner to have these conversations, for example, my ex-husband, well, I don't know. It's not really fair. But as an ex-mental health clinician, I would say he probably, now that I'm removed from that relationship, I would suspect that he's he was probably somewhere on the spectrum, right? Something, because he takes everything quite literal. If 
things don't go right in order of chronological order. He gets combobbled. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, but I'm not saying that he is or he isn't. I just think that there's some characteristics. And because of that, it was very difficult at times because I was triggered. He was triggered. It was a hot mess. But also I didn't feel safe because the way he would project uh, his needs, for example, and the way he would communicate, because he t- he's quite literal, do you know what I mean? And showed very minimal emotion. It was one of those things that it's like, I couldn't read him. And because I couldn't read him, or he would say off the cuff things, I then felt unsafe to then discuss anything. And then I started to shut down. Is, do you see these type of things happen with other people also? Oh, safety is paramount. It's not maybe the, the sexiest thing, but it is at the foundation of having a healthy conscious relationship is safety. And that's why attachment fortunately, has become such a kind of buzzword in the world of relationships. Uh, And that is kind of the recognition now and research certainly shows undeniably that we are hardwired for connection and love. And part of that is feeling safe. So it usually shows up, well, two really key ways. So it could be like what you were saying is that when people don't feel safe to engage. And Mm -hmm. what that means, I don't feel safe that if I bring my heart to you, my ideas to you, my perspective to you, my presence to you, I mean, either I'm going to be physically in danger or just emotionally, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to be blamed. I'm going to be made wrong. I'm going to be shamed. It's going to be used against me. You're going to yell at me. Um, You're going to misinterpret me or I'm going to bring it up and Mm -hmm. you're going to have a still face. Um, there's been this, this, oh, this experiment that was done. That was, it's actually really disturbing to watch the video, but the still face experiment was like when, um, mothers were, uh, engaging with their children and they, the children, this is kind of related, I think maybe to what you're saying is that Mm -hmm. the, the mothers were kind of mirroring what the kids were doing and then, and the kids were engaging and responding. And then the mother just went still face. So she Mm -hmm. has no emotional response and the baby starts to kind of panic and have, you know, big, big emotions and fear around what's happening, which can happen in our relationships. So also we don't feel safe if our partner just isn't responding and attachment. There's a common notion is that no response is the worst response of all. So that's the Mm -hmm. other, if our partner doesn't know how to have empathy or validate or appreciate or acknowledge and deeply hear us, that also cannot feel safe, doesn't feel safe. And that's like on a physiological level. Mm. And then, so it might not feel safe to engage with our partner. And then the other side of it, sometimes people don't feel safe because they feel alone. So maybe they're longing for their partner to engage with them. Maybe they feel like they're they're doing everything. They're holding it all. Their partner doesn't follow through. Their partner checks out. Uh, and so they have this deep, deep longing for to feel safe because when we feel all alone in life, because we are hardwired for connection, it sends off primal panic. And so then it looks like maybe our partner is um, dominating or controlling or they're critical or they nag a lot, but really they're just so terrified inside that they're not appreciated and that they're doing it all along or doing it all alone. And so I think safety, there's so many levels of that. Um, and, but it shows up for pretty much everyone. We can really look at, you know, when we feel triggered or when there's a moment of conflict on some level, something really important to us feels threatened. And so we don't feel safe on some level. Well, let me ask you this. I believe a lot of it comes down to safety breakdown of communication, all that. We'll get into that in a minute. But then what's the difference between trauma and just a dick? 
Because let me let me go back here. Is I believe trauma can also get used a lot of times. Oh, go heal your trauma. Go heal your trauma. Oh, it's because of their trauma. But like, for example, I had a bad day the other day. I just had a bad day. There was no mother wombs. There was no trauma. Like I literally didn't have a lot of sleep. I just had a bad day. Women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day women in business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. So I'm curious to know about in relationships too. When is there a difference between someone just being a dick and almost a narcissist? Do you know what I mean? And somewhere where there's trauma and unresolved, you know, previous things in life that haven't been dealt with and you're there to hold space for. Yeah, it's such a good question. So so it's all of it. So I, I, I'm so with you that I think we're a mix of so many things. I think that trauma can explain some of our patterns and t- sometimes our patterns can just like our, our, you know, unhealthy patterns, which are really just strategies to get needs met. So let's take criticism, for example, really like blaming criticism, really common or stubbornness in relationships. Uh, that doesn't need to come from trauma that can come from, you know, a part of us, a needs we have underneath it. Like I have a deep need for connection. Connection. And when you work late, you know, I ultimately my need for connection feels threatened. And so I use criticism as a way to have you come closer, which absolutely doesn't work. So it could be just that we have unmet needs, which we all have needs. And in relate in our most, the closer someone is to us, the more our needs are going to feel threatened because our our good friend, what they say, what they do, what they don't do, what they don't say impacts us, but not that greatly. Whereas in our romantic relationship, what they say or do or don't say or don't do impacts us so, so, so much. And so we're already just our survival wiring is on much higher alert uh, to see like, okay, I might, my my needs may or may not get met depending on what you do. So it's just part of being human and being Mm. in a close relationship. Uh, So I, I think it goes so far beyond trauma. I think that's a wonderful way to look at it, but there's so many other reasons why we might get triggered. Um, And then it's also our strengths. Like we all have these incredible strengths. So for example, someone's incredible strength could be organization, like they rock it. It comes in so handy in so many areas in life. And in relationship, the flip side of it could be that they have a really hard time then with chaos. So maybe your partner isn't as orderly. And so that's like a source of stress for you. It's your need for order isn't met. And so just learning to like negotiate those things and harmonize those things and make them work in relationships is no small thing. Like how to bring people with two different perspectives, needs, strengths, histories, all of that together. So I think it's like so that's one piece of it. I think it, it can be explained by so many different things. Mm. And ne- yes, I mean, my one of the great privileges, of course, of sitting in some of the most vulnerable, intimate spaces with people is that my heart has cracked so wide open that I've just fallen so wildly in love with humanity. And when we see those 
those personality traits that may seem really undesirable or really unattractive, it's like, oh my gosh, then I have a conversation with them and I'm like, oh, no wonder, right? Mm. And so, so for me, it's really both and in the sense of having such deep compassion and just getting curious about even having to know, just like, huh, I wonder what their story is. Like there's so much underneath what we'll, what we will ever know. Mm. And maybe if we could play the right, you know, five minute clip of their life. It would explain everything to us. And it's really just the five-year-old inside of them acting out. Um, and I think we're complex and there's that animal list. Like there's so many things at play. Um, and I do find that there is usually something that could crack all of our hearts open if we could actually hear what's underneath it for people. And um, I tend to just kind of live my life that way. And that doesn't mean that we need to be in romantic relationship with them or any sort of relationship with them. Um, it doesn't mean that we want to keep staying with them because the person still, even if we can have infinite compassion and so many things could explain it, and it's heart-wrenching to know their story, still, if they're not choosing healing and growth and change and transformation and you know, nurturing the relationship, then you know, a relationship is only as healthy as each person is individually. So if one person isn't doing their healing work and they're not interested, then the other person's going to be really held back. No matter how much compassion they have, that's not enough to create a healthy relationship. And so, you know, certainly we can have grace and patience with one another. Um, and when people come to our office and they'll share kind of their challenges and then they'll ask us like, okay, so is there hope for us? We always say it's like not the size of the challenge. That's the determining factor. It's how committed are both of you to really healing and growing and learning new things and leaning into your relationship and to your own healing and growth. And if people are into that, you know, the sky's the limit. So I think, you know, when we talk about true kind of narcissism or things like that, like if someone is really unwilling to see their part in it um, or incapable of seeing their part in it, then growth would be really limited. And certainly it could be, you know, a really, really unhealthy place for someone to stay in partnership. So. Gosh, no, I love the explanation. I think it's just so good that people are starting to understand because I think these are the conversations that our parents didn't have with us. These are the conversations that we didn't get in high school or university. And these, and I believe this is why our divorce rate is so high. Our suicide rates are so high. Drug and alcohol rates are so high. I mean, I could talk about it for hours. So I just really appreciate that we're able to have this conversation because I, I, as a business coach, I say I look at four particular things in order for people to be in an alignment and make more money and live the life they want. And that is relationships, health, wealth, and strategy. And you cannot run a business successfully if shit is running crazy at home with your partner married, unmarried, living together, not living together. It has a direct correlation into your business. So my question, my next question I want to ask you is, what do you suggest for couples? Because there could be a couple of people shaking their head to this conversation that we've been having when their differences are coming between them. Like, where do they start? What do they acknowledge? Like, walk me through what they can do. Mm, yeah, well, so common, rest assured, we tend to not necessarily be drawn to our opposite. I mean, if someone's truly our opposite, we might not be drawn to them, but we're certainly drawn typically to someone that's different from us, like to someone who's we really have the capacity to harmonize with. And if you look at ecosystems, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, in an ecosystem, it's not just one kind of tree. Like we want that for balance. Like we seek someone who's going to actually balance us out. And there are five predictable stages of like a thriving relationship. And in the first stage, the romance stage, we're very drawn to those differences, right? We might be really drawn to how someone's really charismatic or someone's really a free spirit or they're really easygoing. And then fast forward, we get into a power struggle. And the power struggle 
I've never, ever, ever met a couple that avoids it. Um, it can look different for different couples. And it's really a matter of when, not a matter of if, um, because conflict is growth wanting to happen. So this is a beautiful thing. It's all of a sudden when what I want feels at odds with what you want on mm. a big or small scale. And in that, in the power struggle, the very things we fell in love with, it's a two-sided coin. So suddenly we're it's flipped over and we're like, the person that we fell in love with being laid back, now we're like, you're lazy or you're boring or you're too slow or the person that was really dynamic. Now we're like, oh my gosh, you're overbearing or you work too much or any number of things. Or the free spirit, we fell in love with that. And now we're like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you procrastinate or you're not dependable. Um, so all these different things, right? And that's what happens in the power struggle. And some couples get stuck in one long drawn out power struggle. And everyone probably knows couples like that. Um, and it's just painful. You really start to see each other's worst. And then that that is when our differences really start to come between us. So I'll just say real quick so people don't feel like that's the dead end. So the third stage is commitment. And that is you don't even need to know the way. It's just making a powerful commitment to dive in and learn what you never learned about relationships. So I would just recommend that for anyone, whether it's that your differences have come between you or are too great, which is one of the most common things. It's like, okay, let's just make a commitment to tapping into our relationship's potential. And then the fourth stage is growth. It's like learning all the things we've never learned about ourselves and each other. And relationships are really a unique skill set that I find is different from any other area of life. Mm. And we've been so honored to support some of the kindest, most successful people I've ever met on the planet. And relationships are so uniquely humbling. And so um, it's okay. It's like a skill that needs to be learned, I think. And it's so learnable. Um, and then the fifth stage is thriving. And the thriving is like where our differences, again, are a source of strength in our relationship or really focusing on each other's best rather than worst. So I'd say one of the, the starting places is like, okay, let's just like make a commitment. Relationships really are a journey of committing and recommitting and recommitting over and over and over to being allies and teammates um, and just getting curious about what more is possible. And I would say like flip the coin back over, like look at all the areas that you are perceiving as weaknesses that you judge and then flip them all over and realize like on the flip side of that very coin, there is like some beautiful quality. And just to realize like, huh, well, what I want to do without this quality, you know, and look at like how many opportunities are we giving one another to really shine in the areas that come most naturally to us. I mean, positive psychology is so strengths-based and it's all about when we're in our strengths, we are the most engaged, we're the happiest, we are the most confident, um, we contribute the most, we have the highest self-esteem. So you put any one of us outside of our strengths and we wobble uh, and we don't have much to contribute. So a lot of couples, they're just really outside of their strengths. And so kind of returning to a strengths-based relationship is so important. And then learning how to communicate. This I can't tell you the number of times that couples come into our office, they feel like they're at a standstill. Uh, they want different things. They're on different pages. They just can't come into agreement. And it's the actual thing just never gets addressed because how they communicate about it, they both just dig their heels in deeper because they don't feel hurt. And so it's like any conversation about it just becomes two monologues where both of them are in their heads, not hearing each other and just turning up the volume, using more words, stronger words, louder words, or just shutting down. And so after the conversation, they're like, oh, great, you don't understand me. Um, we just, you know, like we're never going to go on the same page. And so extraordinary things happen once couples can deeply hear each other. So I would say learning how to communicate where you can get curious about each other, offer validation and empathy and see how each other makes sense. So usually the great news is when couples feel like they're so different or they're so far apart, usually they are like 
exponentially closer than they can possibly imagine. It's just because, um, you know, we tend to double down. We double down when we don't feel heard because, you know, you're not hearing me. So I'm going to like try to convince you even more about how I want this thing. Whereas it like loosens and lightens up once we feel like our partner's with us in it. I love that you've taken there, like, obviously we can all look at the negative, but I've liked how you've taken, like, those differences are unique and they can actually turn into a strength if we choose to, do you know what I mean, look at from a lens of a strength-based approach. But I also love that you've brought up the importance of communication because I think communication breakdown, whether or not it's to team members, whether or not it's to clients, whether or not it's to our parents, whether or not it's to our partners, is happening every single day. And I think that's dependent on if people have slept, if people have eaten, again, what their upbringing is, et cetera. And I think communication is so important in order for a relationship to really be optimized and running at its fullest. Can you go over again, just what are those key, like what are the keys to communication so both partners actually feel heard and understood? Again, I know you said like listening with curiosity, empathy, but could you just run that through those again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say, and I'm so with you, I'd say when it comes to listening, my three favorite ingredients I would sprinkle into any conversation is empathy, appreciation, and curiosity. So it's like leading with empathy. So I love to think of empathy. So when someone shares something with us before we get to share like what's on our heart is to empath, like offer them empathy first. Empathy is kind of like the admission ticket into their heart. So, so often someone will share their perspective and then we're like, yeah, but, you know, with our perspective and it's like someone to share with us and like, ah, getting out of our head, dropping into their heart and getting passionately curious about what that's like for them. And really speaking that like, oh, that makes sense. Like ultimately we all want to know that for someone to say like the words, like that makes sense is so medicinal. Uh, And so whether you say those exact words or something like it, like, okay, you make sense. Like in relationships, it just has to be so far beyond right and wrong. Mm. Uh, It's really, it's like, there's that statement. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be close and happy? Mm. And so we like let go of being right. And instead just really understand each other. Like there's enough space for both of us to be valid and understandable and to make sense. So um, empathy is so, so, so important to get into each other's hearts and imagine how each other's feeling and then appreciation. So uh, it's really common in relationships that we just can, we start to point out to each other what each other is doing wrong. We put in requests of what we wish our partner did better. And we miss the bigger picture of all the things our partner is doing well and right. And so Dr. John Gottman, who's like the lead researcher of relationships to hit the research shows that we want a ratio of 20 to one, 20 positive to one negative, mm-hmm. because our brains um, have a negativity bias, which means when a partner says one negative thing to us, it has so much more lasting power. Like it immediately sticks and it actually takes like 20 things to override that because um, the positive things don't, don't at all stick in our brains like the negative does. And so we want to keep that ratio balanced by like really, there's many ways that we can have that 20 to one, but appreciation is invaluable. Uh, it's one of the top reasons why people stop doing thoughtful things because they think it just doesn't really matter. Um, or people stop trying in relationships. So like, well, I've already upset you. So I'm just going to give up because there's nothing I can do. Like I can never be enough for you. Mm. Uh, and appreciation shifts us as the speaker as well. And just in our listening of someone like, oh, right. There are all these other things that I'm missing when I'm just honing in on the thing that isn't working for me. Uh, and then curiosity. So rather than just getting defensive, it's like, oh, tell me more. Why do you like, why is that important to you? Or what do you think? What do you think we could do around this? Um, so it's really rather than the issue coming between us. So, so often it's like we're on two different sides and the issue is in the middle of us. 
It's reorienting. So we're standing side by side, looking out at the issue together and just getting curious like, ah, okay, we're allies and teammates. I know you really want this. That's so important to you. And I really want this. And this is so important to me. So let's just get curious together. Like how can we really make this work for both of us? Um, So there's many ways to it, but I'd say empathy, appreciation, curiosity are so, so, so important. There's many other ingredients, but I'd say those are three essential ones. Look at this. And would you say those are the three most essential ones, obviously for communication, but is there any other ingredients that you feel need to also be included to create an overall thriving relationship? Mm, yeah. So I'd say taking personal responsibility. So we kind of have six pillars. So taking personal responsibility, uh, shifting from your, uh, we'd be so much happier if you would just dot, dot, mm. dot. <laughs> I wonder what this relationship needs from me in order to be healthier or happier or more connected. Um, such an important perspective change, uh, secure attachment. And that is just us fundamentally knowing that our partner, that we can count on them, that they are available, they are responsive, they are engaged, we are safe. Um, we can trust them. So that's so important. Uh, physical intimacy, which can look lots of different ways, but in a way that really works for both couples um, is so important. Communication is key. Uh, repair. So there is no couple that will not have conflict. In fact, if a couple has no conflict, uh, that is a little bit of a, a red flag. So no problem. It just means that things aren't being talked about. So certainly if that's you, be sure to start learning how to communicate. Uh-huh. They're the more vulnerable things. So otherwise, conflict is just absolutely inevitable. And so we just need to learn how to repair from it so that we're not just rehashing it, but we're actually repairing. So we're reflecting on what happened and learning how we can show up for each other in different ways moving forward, like really being future focused uh, and then a positive love account. And so every interaction we have with our partner, we're either putting a deposit in or taking out a withdrawal. And when our love account is low, that's when little things become big things. Like our partner will just look at us the wrong way. And we're like, what's wrong with you? Or they're having a bad day. And we take it personally rather than, oh my gosh, our partner's having a bad day. Like, how can I support you? You need a back rub. Like those are the couples that just have like a spark about them is because they're always on the lookout for how they can make each other's lives more wonderful. And so we want to always be nurturing our love. Gosh, I love it. And I just think the one that sticks out for me the most is the personal responsibility. I think so often we're easy to blame everything, right? But there's so much that I I feel like if you every day, and I say this often, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. And that Mm -hmm. choice is yours. And it's the same thing with relationships. You can bitch to your girlfriends or boyfriends or whoever about, you know, this isn't working, this isn't working. But even in my relationship with my ex, you know, it takes two to tango. There was 100% it was not all him, right? And so I always say that there was no affairs, there was no cheating, there was no drugs or alcohol, we just expired, but we both contributed to that expiry, right? And it's like, you know, personal responsibility is key, I think. I mean, all those six things that you talked about, pillars are important, but Every day you get to wake up and you can either choose to, like you said, deposit positive into your relationship or take negative things away from the relationship. The life is truly short. And so every single day, just think about what is it that you want in your relationship and how can you collaboratively make it better? So, well, this has been an absolutely divine podcast episode. And like I said, I'm just grateful for you to be here today because it's uh, 
relationships do directly have an influence into your business success. And so if, you know, we're going into 2024, I'm about to do my two hour strategy and goal planning workshop on November 14th and 16th. We're not just looking about what are our goals for business. We'll also be looking at wealth, health, and relationships. So if your relationship is a little bit rocky or whatever, I'd encourage you to reach out to Christine. This is her expertise, but also make sure that you make this part of your plan. Because if you want to have a healthy relationship, you've got to, it just doesn't come to you. You've got to write it down, take action on what you're going to do and the follow through. So if people out there today are like, oh, this has been refreshing. I'm not alone or I've got some work to do. Where can they find you, my friend? Mm, Thanks for asking. So they can head to our website. Uh, The abbreviated version is centerthrive.com. So it's center spelled C-E-N-T-E-R thrive.com or you can just search center for thriving relationships and then we also hang out over on instagram you can look at us at center for thriving relationships gosh i I absolutely love it and we'll make sure that we include all those links in the show notes over at angelahenderson.com.au and i've got one final question before we wrap today and that is looking back on your business journey what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business Mm, i love that it's just like really embracing the spirit of experimentation. Uh, you know, I'm just so grateful to have mentors along the way where I got to see like the behind the scenes, you know, and just be willing to like dive in and have the that spirit of play and experiment. And um, I love that. It's at Pixar. It's like at one of the businesses where they have the sign, like make mistakes faster. Mm. And so I think just I think just diving in and being willing to make mistakes faster and just being willing to learn and grow from everything. Gosh, I absolutely love it. And thank you for sharing because it's one of the things that, again, obviously it's all divine timing. We're all right in time. But for those that are out there going, oh, this is a good little tidbit for me to keep in mind as my business is in either startup growth or scale. I think it's important that we share our wisdom from what we've learned in hindsight. So thank you for that. Don't forget that the show notes for this episode will be over at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And you amazing human, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining us again for another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Thanks again, Christine, for being here today. I appreciate you and your awesomeness and much love from Australia. Bye for now. Honor and delight. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Angela. Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.